0: Let's re-review the orbitozygomatic osteotomy and extradural clinoidectomy via a cadaveric dissection. Based on the location of the pathology relative to the midline, the head is turned more contralaterally. Curvilinear incision is completed all the way to the contralateral midpupillary line, and if possible, the superficial temporal artery is protected. Next, a subgalial dissection is completed for subfascial mobilization of temporalis muscle. Here's an aseon. supraorbital nerve is mobilized out of its groove the subfascial technique is used to mobilize the fat pad in other words the superficial and deep temporal fascia are mobilized along with the fat pad to protect the branches of the frontalis nerve Here's. Temporalis muscle, keyhole is located here.
1: The frontal process of zygoma is exposed in a subperiosteal fashion.
0: This is a modified one-piece or zygomatic craniotomy. A full orbital zygomatic craniotomy is not necessary. A cuff of muscle and fascia is left over the superior temporal line to facilitate adequate closure and approximation of the temporalis muscle. The temporalis muscle is then mobilized inferiorly out of our working zone around the keyhole. Here's the area of the keyhole. Temporalis muscle is essentially mobilized inferiorly and slightly posteriorly. Here's the frontozygomatic suture the initial bear hole is placed at the exact side of the mccarty's keyhole in other words a few millimeters above and a few millimeter posterior to the frontozygomatic suture drilling is conducted at 45 degrees against the surface of the skull the bone at the roof of the orbit is exposed the periorbita is exposed as well as the dura of the frontal lobe all three structures should be exposed within the burr hole accurate placement of this bare hole is quite important for efficient and accurate completion of the one piece modified orbitozygomatic craniotomy. The first osteotomy involves the frontal bone starting from the posterior burr hole, reaching all the way to the level of the orbital rim. i advance the drill all the way until further progress is not possible in other words the footplate touches the rim of the orbit the drill can then be leaned more forward turn around its own axis creating a small amount of opening within the bone for the heel of the footplate to be removed first this also creates some space for the osteotomy at the rim of the orbit later you can see the osteotomy at the level of the orbital rim this part of the bone is quite thick next another osteotomy is completed over the terion and the lateral aspect of the sphenoid wing. Next the osteotomy across the frontal process of zygoma is completed. The periorbita is protected. This osteotomy joins the bony cut over the area of the terion.
1: The next more
0: important maneuver involves using an osteodome to fracture the Roof of the orbit, alternatively a small osteotome can be used through the keyhole to cut across the orbital rim. Next, the lateral 5 mm of the meningo-orbital band is cut, and the duro over the anterior aspect of the temporal bone is reflected. This maneuver nicely exposes the clinoid process. The clinoid process is hollowed out and the optic nerve is unroofed. Here's the optic nerve that was unroofed. Here's the remainder of the clinoid process that was cored out. After the clinoid process was removed, you can see the optic nerve, the carotid artery within the cavernous sinus. Portion of the orbital roof may also be resected for additional unobstructed view of the subfrontal trajectory after the dural opening. Here you can see the final product. Of an orbitozygomatic craniotomy, which involves removal of the bone over the roof of the orbit, as well as a, an extradural clinoidectomy. And all these maneuvers allow an obstructed and expanded view toward the paracellar areas. Thank you.